From Compass Media Networks, this is America's First News. This morning, with your host, Gordon Deal. Fact-checking terrorists. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka on this Thursday, October 19th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Independent analysts say early evidence indicates that a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital was caused by Palestinian militants, not Israel. Jim Jordan misses again. He's now failed twice in two days to become House Speaker losing more support of fellow Republicans. In business news, Netflix is raising prices again for its basic and premium plans, and United Airlines is changing how some passengers board. And how just applying to college can be a financial hardship. Students who are applying are feeling nervous, and rightfully so, about what's in store. And they're also seeing their peers get rejected from top schools, and that makes them feel like they want to cast a wide net. So a lot of the counselors that I talked to said the students that they work with are applying to more and more and more schools. Jessica Dickler at CNBC on college application fees and the best way to manage that cost. Independent security experts say initial evidence for a deadly explosion at a Gaza hospital center pointed to a local militant group. Palestinian officials were quick to blame Israel following Tuesday's explosion. Also, analysts say the number of dead so far is likely between 100 and 300, not the 500 claimed by the Gaza Health Ministry. IDF spokesman Peter Lerner on Fox News. Hamas cannot be trusted. This is an organization that will butcher babies in their bedrooms. They'll have no problem lying to you. And that we need to address Hamas's communication effort, their propaganda effort, as if we were listening to North Korea. There is no free voice there. There is no, you can't trust them. Blake Spendley, an open source intelligence analyst, is among those who told the Wall Street Journal that the small size of the open area where the explosion occurred, coupled with limited shockwave damage, was inconsistent with the higher death toll number reported by Palestinian officials. Other developments, Egypt has agreed to open its border crossing with the Gaza Strip to allow aid to reach Palestinians. Hundreds of protesters demonstrated on Capitol Hill and occupied part of a House office building yesterday calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, which has been under Israeli airstrikes since a deadly Hamas terror attack 12 days ago. Dressed in black T-shirts, the activists sat clapping and singing on the floor in the rotunda of the Cannon House office building and held up large banners that read things like ceasefire and let Gaza live. Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib on Fox News. We are literally, literally watching people commit genocide and killing the vast majority just like this. And we still stand by and say nothing. We will remember this. Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy on the same network. They went in there and they killed babies. They weren't military. They weren't soldiers. They were babies. And they were killed because they were Jewish. Uh, Hamas wants to kill Jews. And that's clear. They want to kill Jews. Capitol Police told CBS News the protesters entered the building legally and were permitted to gather and congregate, but failed to follow police warnings after beginning the demonstrations. Two days, two misses for Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who has now for a second time failed to muster enough support from fellow Republicans to become House Speaker. He says he'll keep pressing, but delayed any further voting until today at the earliest, thanks to mounting GOP defections on his second ballot. Nebraska Republican Don Bacon says he's being pressured to vote for Mr. Jordan. I've had people come to my yard when I'm with my grandkids, want to yell at me. I had Boy Scouts over and a lady gets out of her car yelling at us, right? So there's, this pe- there's people so 
anger from the left and the right. It's been more than two weeks since former Speaker Kevin McCarthy was stripped of the gavel. Meanwhile, the chamber's operations have ground to a halt with no elected speaker. The House can't take any steps to provide additional aid to Israel or Ukraine. And Congress also faces a crucial deadline next month when the federal government's current funding runs out. Mr. Jordan, by the way, was hit by 22 GOP defections yesterday, more than the 20 he lost in the first ballot on Tuesday. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. By the way, if you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show. It's available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. More now about the drama in choosing a House speaker and the war between Israel and Hamas from Brian Mast, Republican congressman from Florida. Congressman, your take on the search for a speaker. Yeah, it's difficult, and it's, you know, the depths of process here in Washington, D.C., that goes to specific rules for how you get to a speaker. So it's not, hey, how about we do this or how will we do that? There are specific rules that have to be followed that people are locked into. So that is, look, Jim was speaker-elect. He, behind closed doors, won the majority of the votes. Uh, taken to the floor uh, at his discretion whenever he decided he wanted it to go to the floor. That took place. He failed. That took place again yesterday at his discretion. It failed by two more votes. I think it failed by 20 votes. I think yesterday it failed by 22 votes. And there are a number of different scenarios that could play out from this point. Jim could ask for a third or a fourth vote if he wanted to. I don't personally think that that's something that he's going to do. As much as I supported Jim for speaker, I I don't think that's the choice that he chooses. Jim could step out and say, listen, okay, I tried twice and the conference wouldn't have me. There's people that are dug in that are just not going to vote for him, like what happened with Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy. Mm. Uh, We could go behind closed doors. We have another candidate forum. People put their name in the hat, say, I'd like to be, you know, have the opportunity to be speaker for these reasons. Here's what I bring to the table. And people vote on them. And somebody emerges, and maybe they get the votes on the floor of the House. Maybe they don't. Or this uh, other scenario that's kind of playing out right now is there is a speaker pro tem. uh, And that is Patrick McHenry from North Carolina. He's holding the gavel but doesn't really have powers, and there's an effort to give him expanded powers so that the operations of Congress can continue Do you like that idea? in a different way. Do you like that idea of giving him more powers? Honestly, this is not an idea that I've heard totally played out yet. It's likely that we have a conference uh, later in the day, and where we have that conference, the originators of this idea are going to put it forward as to what the Constitution says about doing this, what the mechanism is to expand Speaker Pro Tem's powers, and what those powers would actually look like uh, in an expanded form. So all of those things have to take place, and there will be a, a conversation and a debate about it, as always happens here. And I, th- I didn't throw out this other thing. There's another effort that, just frankly, if this goes on long enough, there will be, there only needs to be three, but there will be three or four or five Republicans that will partner with the Democrats to put in somebody that is acceptable to the Democrats, whether that is a Democrat or whether that's some other Republican, 
They will take the power out of the hands of Republicans, like was done when they vacated Kevin McCarthy, and they will give it to the Democrats. There's enough people that would do that. We're speaking with Brian Mast, Republican congressman from Florida. What do you want now as we look at some House business here in terms of Ukraine aid and or aid for Israel? I think both of those, they're slightly different, but there's an opportunity to do the same thing. Israel aid is already in the infrastructure of law, memorandums of understanding, uh, support between our two militaries, our intelligence, our asset sharing in ways that doesn't exactly exist with Ukraine. With both Ukraine and Israel, I think one of the greatest slaps to Russia and to Iran would be this. Take all of the frozen assets of Iran, whether from 1979 to 2023, and give those frozen assets to Israel to slam Iran and all of its tentacles, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Take your pick of those organizations. Give them the resources so that Iran can never have that back, and Israel has more resources to do it. In the same way, take all of the frozen Russian assets, give it to Ukraine to do the same thing to Russia. I think it would be a great slap to them uh, in a way that's not taking place right now. Uh, so you, you spent time in Afghanistan as, uh, with the United States Army. Um, I mean, here we are back in the Middle East, you know, in a slightly different area. Uh, did you think that this would happen? There's always the risk uh, for what goes on with war in Israel. Uh, at one point in time, I put on the uniform of the IDF back in 2015. And one of the things that I realized when I was over there serving was that every son, every daughter, niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter of Israel, they got to put on a uniform. It's mandatory in defense of their country. And they're probably going to have to pick up a rifle and actually go defend that country. So, yes, you know they're going to fire rockets there. Now, the threat today of multinational war on, on multiple fronts in Israel is greater than it's ever been. And you look at that, and you look at Ukraine, and you look at Afghanistan, you look at China, you look at all of these fires burning across the globe, and this goes to Joe Biden uh, and the dominoes that he was knocking over since the day that he was elected. Thanks, Brian. Brian Mast, Republican congressman from Florida. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning. Here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things. Things you need to know. Number one. The UN's Middle East envoy warns the the escalating conflict between Israel and Palestinian militants. Hamas is pushing the Middle East region into the precipice of a dangerous abyss. Tor Wenesland called the risk of an expansion of the conflict very, very real and extremely dangerous. Meanwhile, President Biden wrapped up a one-day trip to Tel Aviv. My goal was multifold, but basically to get humanitarian aid into Gaza uh, and to uh, and get as many Americans out who wanted to get out, could get out as possible. After the bombing of a hospital in Gaza City, Israel denied its rockets were involved. The U.S. government says it has information from the Pentagon that Israel was not responsible for the deadly strike. Number two. Jim Jordan failed again to win enough votes to be elected House Speaker as divisions hardened for House Republicans. Republican Mike Lawler of New York says until the actions of the eight Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy are addressed, they're unlikely to find any candidate who can reach 217 votes. I think you have a, a situation where a lot of people feel, unless that is addressed, we're not going to be able to get where we need to go. Jordan was hit by 22 GOP defections Wednesday, more than the 20 he lost in the first ballot. 
He says he will keep up his campaign. Number three. A man long thought to have killed Alabama teenager Natalie Holloway 20 years ago has admitted to the crime. Joran Vandersloot pleaded guilty on Wednesday to extorting money from the family. And as part of a plea deal, he had to reveal how the teenager died. When she needs me in the crotch, uh, I get up uh, on the beach and I kick her extremely hard in, in the face. Holloway, then 18, disappeared in Aruba in 2005 after leaving a bar with Vandersloot. The Dutchman will serve his 20-year sentence in Peru, where he was already behind bars for another murder. It's called Wilma, and it's the new way you'll be boarding your United Airlines flight window middle aisle. Starting next week, when economy passengers board, those sitting in the window seat will go first, followed by middle seats, then aisles. United says the process is more efficient and can shave minutes off of getting set. Settled into seats. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're not going with Wilma? People are going to actually look. Uh, am I, Am I? you know, your window, I'm middle. Wait, can, I got to step over It is confusing with the E, B, D, and F and all that. Yeah, the grouping yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, good luck. Thanks, Jen. Hey there, Gordon Deal here. And everyone knows the best part of fall is the food. I found a new way to embrace the season. Hello Fresh Markets, limited time fall flavors. Let me tell you about their apple cider cake with caramel sauce. Man, so good. Are you looking for the perfect game night treat? Write this one down, barbecue pulled pork nachos. Speaking of which, I recently had the kids home from school, and HelloFresh not only saved me time, but made me look like a pro chef. Using farm-fresh ingredients, you're going to get the flavors of fall in every bite. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on the mini pumpkin cheesecake. It's perfect for a me-time treat. Want to give it a shot? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon and use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus free shipping. That's right, 50% off plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50Gordon. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50Gordon. Thanks for spending time with us. With competition at an all-time high and admissions practices increasingly unclear, it's not an easy time for college applicants. Insight from Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. Jessica, what's happening? Well, the college application process has been under extreme turmoil. Um, There was the Supreme Court's ruling against affirmative action, which threw a lot of policies up in the air. And then um, not only are the schools that were in that case rethinking their admissions and what that looks like, but other schools are as well. A lot of schools are also choosing to end legacy preferences. There's been a lot of pushback about that. So... The, the bottom line is that there's more uncertainty than ever. Students who are applying are feeling nervous and rightfully so about what's in store. And they're also seeing their peers get rejected from top schools and that makes them feel like they wanna cast a wide net. So a lot of the counselors that I talked to said the students that they work with are applying to more and more and more schools. Wow. And racking up those fees, what are fees like these days? Yeah, so it's not cheap. I mean, each school could be 60 to $100 just for the application fee alone. There are additional fees when it comes to submitting your SAT um, and ACT test reports. So just the fees alone can really escalate. If you're applying to as many as 15 schools, then that means uh, $1,200 to $2,000 just in the minimum in fees. What kind of cash grab is that, by the way? I know. It, it really does seem... <laughs> I have to pay for the privilege to apply to your school. Uh, yes, that, that but right? I, ha- I mean, I, I have to mention a lot of schools are 
giving the option of waiving fees. Some okay. schools charge nothing at all. So mm-hmm. um, if you, you know, if that is an obstacle, then there are a lot of options out there. You can look at only schools that have no fees. You can request a fee waiver. There are some ways around it, but it does require a little extra legwork. But you got to apply for that, I presume? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, some schools are free to apply. So you could filter your search just mm-hmm. by that alone if you wanted to. But you do have to apply for a fee waiver. Same with the SAT if you want a fee waiver there. So one of the counselors that I talked to said the students don't always bother. It's a very intense time and they're busy and they don't always take the extra time to apply for the fee waivers, but that option is available. We're speaking with Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. Her story is called The Cost of Applying to College, Bare Minimum, Expect $1,200 on Application Fees. How many schools is too many to apply to, by the way? Well, I talked to the editor-in-chief of the Princeton Review, Rob Frannick, and I told him that some of the students that I've heard from are applying to 20 schools, and he said that is far too many. Um, what his advice was, which I thought was great, was that rather than cast such a wide net, be more specific in the schools that you're applying to. Find the ones that feel like a right fit for you, and that is more likely to make you a right fit for them so that's a better way to increase your odds of acceptance rather than just sort of blanketing the schools with applications thanks jessica jessica dickler personal finance reporter at cnbc aging is a journey that can gather some unwanted passengers namely those senescent or zombie cells hi it's gordon deal and i used to feel that sluggish middle-aged mood those aches after workouts i could practically feel those old cells just taking up space bogging me down Then I found Qualia Senolytic. Think of it as giving your body a little spring cleaning, pruning away the worn-out cells, and letting the lively ones shine. And you only take it two days a month. Crafted with vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO ingredients. Plus, with a 100-day money-back guarantee, you've got a risk-free journey to rejuvenation. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Gordon for up to $100 off and use code Gordon at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Gordon for an extra 15% off. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's show. Neurohacker.com slash Gordon. Taking the day's information and helping you make sense of it all. We're here for you every morning. You're listening to America's First News. This morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Thursday, October 19. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Kashenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Analysts say blame for a deadly hospital blast in Gaza belongs to a local terrorist group, not Israel. Biden to address the nation tonight about aid for Israel and Ukraine. Egypt allows some aid to flow into Gaza. Jim Jordan fails again to get enough Republican support to be House Speaker. Brett Baer at Fox News reportedly selling his D.C. home for $32 million. Aces over the Liberty for the WNBA title. Jaguars and Saints in Thursday night football. And the U.S. Senator considered a D.C. matchmaker. That story in about 20 minutes. As Israel plans a military move to permanently dismantle Hamas, analysts say the terrorist outfit and its Iranian backers are already deep into the second phase of their carefully planned campaign of portraying Israel as the aggressor. In-depth analysis from Ben Wolfgang, Pentagon correspondent at The Washington Times. Ben, what did you look at? 
Look, I mean, I think, I, frankly, Gordon, you know, I, I wrote this piece before the, uh, the, the flare-up over the hospital bombing in Gaza uh, yesterday, but I think that's a great example of what we're talking about here. If you look at the reaction that we've seen out of the Arab world, particularly, and from some media outlets, there was a lot of blame that seemed to just, you know, automatically go in Israel's direction on the heels of that, with, with you know, officials in Gaza saying that an Israeli airstrike killed more than 500 people at a hospital uh, in the Gaza Strip. Now, Israel denied that, says it was a Hamas rocket. Uh, President Biden in Israel said that the intelligence they've seen indicates that Israel didn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. bombing the hospital. We still saw massive riots, including one outside of the U.S. Embassy in Lebanon overnight, uh, and I think about seven or eight other Middle Eastern nations, anti-Israel and in some cases anti-U.S riots. So that was a great example of how I think Hamas and its benefactor Iran, who's very good at the propaganda game in the Middle East, they knew what Israel was going to do after that horrific attack oh, on sure. October 7th. I mean, yeah. they, there was no doubt, I don't think, in anybody's mind that Israel was going to be loaded for bear and was going to come at them with essentially everything they had with airstrikes and probably a full ground invasion that we have, the likes of which we haven't seen uh, in, in quite a few years. Um, so how, what, what's going to be their sort of, you know, step two when Israel does that? And it's going to be, and we're seeing it now, how can we get as much, you know, perceived atrocities being committed by Israel, alleged war crimes being committed by Israel, get those on social media as much as possible, get them on YouTube, get them on Telegram, get them on Facebook and, and X, get them all over uh, Arab television, and in some cases, U.S. Western television networks, and it's working. Maybe it's not working particularly well in the United States, at least not yet, although judging by the reaction we've seen from some on the political left in the U.S., maybe it is. Mm. Uh, But certainly in the Arab world, that strategy is working. And it's going to get potentially pretty dicey, I think, here, Gordon, because Israel, of course, is not going to, I don't think, let up anytime soon, nor, nor should they, given what they experienced a week and a half ago. So, you know, if this continues, I think there's just going to be a, a pretty massive opening for Iran and Hamas to keep capitalizing on this. And it's, it's dangerous to think about where that could go. We're speaking with Ben Wolfgang, Pentagon correspondent at The Washington Times. His piece is called Hamas Foils Israel with War Propaganda. Um, I mean, from my understanding, in those opening two days when Hamas launched its attack, they were cutting off the heads of children, burning them in some cases, if those reports are correct. And yet suddenly it seems like Israel is to blame. It's how, amazing. Uh, and my, my question really is, how is it that Hamas and Iran are good at the propaganda game and arguably better than Israel. I don't understand that. Well, look, I mean, and this might sound like kind of a simplistic answer, Gordon, but I think it just comes down to, to, to human beings and populations sort of predisposition, what they want to believe, what their personal values set are. Like, I'm, I'm not breaking any new ground when I say that Israel isn't particularly popular in large parts of the Arab world. Right. I mean, we've known that, of course, yeah, going back yeah. many, many, many decades, probably, you know, centuries, even before the state of Israel uh, was founded. So if that's sort of your starting point, if you've been fed, you know, in the case, take Iran, for example, if you're essentially fed censored news by state run media and your supreme ruler and your government, basically, if you're a young person for your entire life since the Islamic Revolution has painted Israel as essentially the devil, as, as the reason for all of your problems is Israel and, and a close second is the United States. If that's your starting point, mm-hmm. and a lot for a lot of people it seems to be, then you probably are predisposed to believe, well, well sure, maybe Hamas was in the wrong for, for cutting off the, the heads of children and, and raiding you know, innocent people and taking the elderly hostage. But but my God, what Israel's doing now is just way over the line. They've yeah, taken it to a whole other level. That's, 
there's always a but. And yeah. I think that's that's the thing. It, depending on where sort of where you come down on the spectrum of, you know, that, I mean, we're talking about history, literally going back to biblical times sure. here. Depending on what your view is on all of the, the actors involved from that perspective, that's going to shape how, how you see what's going on in Gaza right now. And again, to go back to what we just talked about, uh, nobody knows that better than Iran and Hamas. Thanks, Ben. Ben Wolfgang, Pentagon correspondent at The Washington Times. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Friday Eve. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, there are a few things that can empty your wallet quicker than a speeding ticket between the fines and points on your license. Now imagine that ticket is for over a million dollars. A Georgia man named Connor Cato told local TV that he was pulled over by the Georgia State Patrol for doing 90 in a 55 zone in early September. Connor said he was expecting to get a super speeder ticket, but never in his wildest dreams did he think the fine would be for $1.4 million. Then when he called the court thinking the figure was a typo, he was told he should either pay the fine or appear in court in December. A spokesperson for the Savannah City government told USA Today that the million-dollar fine is just a placeholder put in by the citation software and that if Connor appears in court, his fine will be determined by a judge and can exceed $1,000. The city says it is adjusting the placeholder language to avoid confusion in the future. Okay. I mean, they de- they deny this, but it sounds an awful lot like, look, you know, we're going to put a million dollars here to make sure you show up in court. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. They they Jeez. deny that. They say it's just like a glitch in the software, uh-huh. but I don't know. It's a glitch they didn't work too hard to fix. I can one point, say that. $1.4 million placeholder. Yeah, yeah. That would be enough to just, I think, scare people so much that they wouldn't show up. Oh, just wouldn't, you mean wouldn't show up yeah. at all, even because they think they might have to pay a million dollars when they yeah. do show up? Yes. Maybe. Maybe it does have the opposite effect. Jeez. I never thought of it that way. Wow, that is that's <laughs> something. My yeah. goodness. Uh, 90 yeah. and a 55. Uh, yes. So where's the fire? Yeah, right. <laughs> or are you 21? What's, uh, what's or, the story here? Or is he from New Jersey, yeah. uh, <laughs> perhaps? <laughs> and uh, staying in Georgia, we know that dating is tough with any number of, of possibilities to trip up and make a bad impression. Even so, you have to mess up pretty badly to have your date disappear on you. That's what happened to one Atlanta woman whose story has gone viral. The woman who posts as Iquana B on TikTok admitted that she only went on the date because she was bored and had time, and she recounts meeting the guy at Fond oyster bar because she says they always have the best oysters in Atlanta and she would know because she proceeded to order and eat four dozen of them and she wasn't full yet adding potatoes crab cakes and multiple drinks to her dinner shocking her date so much that he got up to use the men's room and never came back when Iguana texted the guy saying that running out on the tab is crazy the man explained that he offered to take her out for drinks but she ordered all that food he then offered to send her money to cover the drinks the video has more than four 5 million views on TikTok, and most commenters didn't empathize with her being stuck with the bill, with some saying that they would have done the same thing if they had to listen to someone slurp 50 oysters right in front of them. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a staged TikTok video or not, but it was seemed like it took a lot of work, by the way. It's a lot of editing in there. Uh, yes, yeah. And, well, that's the other thing people were saying. Like, look, you sat there with your phone filming yourself yeah. eating the entire time. Yeah. Like, if, they, if it was real, again, that's another turnoff for yeah. somebody with someone who's just got their phone on them. Mm-hmm. And also, there was some bad karma involved because she just went out on the date just for the heck of it, not really intending to try to make a match with this yeah. guy. Yeah, we didn't actually see the guy on the video, which is leading me to believe that whole thing was kind of staged yeah okay but, but it's it's possible uh the, i suppose the, my, my favorite comment though 
on that video yeah. was from somebody who said, uh, he said we can meet for drinks, then you proceeded to slurp down half the ocean. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, yeah. I'm with her on that order, by the way. Y- you, you do oh, the four man. dozen uh, oysters? All oysters. She, I, she, had, she was putting vinegar on there. Yeah. She was squeezing the lemon. Yeah, she did it the way I would do it. And then right. she added the potatoes. And what, crab cakes? All right. So you guys can look hang. Like, look like margarita with a salted rim. Yeah. I'm all in. You guys I'm can hang, but, yeah, yeah, but, sure. but, but you're splitting the bill. Right, you're, exactly. You're not paying for it. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Hey, glad you're with us. Welcome into Thursday. If you're concerned that by hitting the snooze button multiple times in the morning could be hurting your sleep, relax. A new study finds that for most people, snoozing has no impact on sleep quality. What's more, for some, hitting the button multiple times over, say, 30 minutes may spark alertness more quickly than sleeping through without a break. The new findings came out yesterday in the Journal of Sleep Research. NBC News says the top reason for choosing to snooze rather than have an unbroken stretch of sleep was that a person couldn't wake up or was too tired. The next two most common reasons that snoozing feels good and that it allows a person to wake up more slowly or softly. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Israel, the U.S. government, and independent security experts say the preliminary evidence for a deadly explosion at a Gaza hospital compound points to a local militant group casting doubt on Palestinian claims that an Israeli airstrike was responsible. Independent analysts studying images of the explosion and its aftermath say the blast site doesn't bear the hallmarks of a strike with a bomber missile of the types usually used by Israel. Meanwhile, President Biden wrapped up a one-day trip to Israel where he discussed getting aid into Gaza. If you have an opportunity to alleviate the pain, you should do it, period. And if you don't, you're going to lose credibility worldwide. Hamas said the death toll for the hospital bombing was 471. U.S. officials say the death toll was likely between 100 and 300. Number two. At the beginning of his trip to Pyongyang today, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said relations between Russia and North Korea have reached a new strategic level. Western officials have expressed alarm in recent months over deepening ties, accusing North Korea of supplying weaponry to Russia for use in the war against Ukraine. The trip to North Korea by Russia's top diplomat comes on the heels of Russian President Vladimir Putin's trip to China this week, where Putin said Washington's decision to supply long-range missiles to Ukraine was a mistake. Number three. With Jim Jordan's candidacy for House Speaker in doubt, a growing number of Republicans and Democrats are coalescing around a plan to formally elect Patrick McHenry as Speaker pro tempore to allow Congress to perform basic functions. Jordan, who has lost two consecutive House votes to be elected Speaker, has pushed back on that idea. Republican Tim Burchett of Tennessee on ABC. I think we ought to stay here and just keep voting and just keep working on the problem and quit going home and doing these two-hour days. It's kind of ridiculous. 
Jordan lost his first ballot on Tuesday by 20 votes. Yesterday, he lost by 22. The password crackdown worked big time. Netflix says its efforts to limit password sharing led to a 10.8% rise in subscriptions in the third quarter, a better than expected result. The streaming giant added 8.8 million subscribers over the summer, its largest quarterly customer gain since the spring of 2020. How about that? All right. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for being with us. Social media users have a new nickname for 90-year-old Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, the ultimate matchmaker. In a social media post Monday, Mr. Grassley said he had just attended a wedding for two of his employees, Chief of Staff Jennifer Hines and a former aide, Nick Davis. But it was far from the first office wedding for the congressman. He said the pair were the 20th couple to marry after meeting in his office. Mr. Grassley shared a photo of himself and his wife of 69 years, Barbara, alongside the newlyweds at their ceremony in Cedar Rapids. The claim from the senator, known for his frequent social media posts that often feature pictures of his corn farm, quickly drew the attention of singles in the Washington, D.C. area. Some joked they were planning to ditch dating apps for work in the lawmaker's office. One user wrote, what kind of job openings you got? Another added, Chuckster, the ultimate D.C. matchmaker. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.